Manufacturing Talk Radio. We are with Haytham Elowari today, and we're gonna, he's been on our show before, Lou, and we talked to him about very cool wearable technology. The website is wearkinetic.com. The company is Kinetic Inc., and he is the CEO. Haytham, welcome back, and I'm excited about what you're going to talk about today. Yeah, no, thanks for having me again. I really appreciate it. This is great. So what's your new toy of the week? <laughs> so Lou, I mean, just just if you remember, last time I was here, we were talking about um, wearable technology to help reduce uh, injury rates, especially for folks um, on the manufacturing floors, you know, people who are doing very physical work, uh, logistics, manufacturing. And so last time, you know, we were on the radio and I couldn't show it to you, but this time I thought I'd be able to show it to you. So this is what the little device looks like. It's reminiscence of a pager, uh, if you remember those of those beepers, and um, and it goes on your on your hip, and so uh, you would typically open it up, put it on your hip, and then you'd be good to go. And with that, you'd start working. And really, the way this device worked is that uh, we're trying to train and coach um, folks to use better body mechanics on the job. So every time they would do one of those movements, that you know your your back has a twist or a bend, the device will vibrate and let you know that you've performed a, a high risk motion. And, mm. so, um, and, and so by doing that, essentially uh, you start to get become way more conscious of the way you're moving and then you start to improve and you start to do more squats, you start to twist less um, and ultimately uh, that leads to less injuries over time. So that's been our product. Uh, you know, we've had that on the market for about three years. Um, you know, again, it's got a little screen on it. It tells you how many high-risk motions you've done every day, how you rank against your colleagues and things like that. Um, and so, you know, what happened back in March of last year is as the pandemic hit, um, you know, we started having customers reach out to us and tell us, hey, you know, can you, can you help us use this for social distancing? So could it vibrate if two people get close? Because we're having a real hard time like getting, getting folks a social distance. So that's what we did. We, uh, we, we, re, um, we basically changed the software on here so that uh, as people got too close, it would vibrate. So let you know that you're, uh, you know, you're not social distancing. Um, and it would also record how, uh, with who you're in touch with and how long that contact lasted. And that allows you to do some, some, some contact tracing. And so um, we, you know, we did that quickly as the pandemic hit. And, um, and it, it's, it's really helped a lot of our customers so far. So uh, <laughs> it's, we're having a hard time getting people to wear uh, masks. Uh, how's this working out for you? <laughs> um, no, I mean, it, it's, it's a good question. And I, and I would say that, um, you know, in the past, if you asked the worker, hey, can you wear this wearable device? You know, you're first going to get a look of like, well, what does this thing do, right? And and you know, once you start explaining, hey, it's for safety, it's for helping you improve your body mechanics, blah blah blah. Pe people then usually will come around. What we found with COVID actually is that this has been way more accepted than we expected. So obviously, you still need to explain what it does, you know, when it's going to go off, what it's recording, because you know, people care about their privacy. Um, but um, it's it's. Uh, We've actually found that in general, people are pretty open to wearing it. Um, and I think especially inside, you know, facilities, like 
there's been this sense of sort of we're in it together. And so as long as everyone has to wear it and everyone is on board, we found that generally it's been pretty well accepted. Is this, Hatham, uh, sorry, Tim, go ahead. Hatham, I'm curious with this device and, and what's running through the back of my mind is Peloton. And, you know, everybody gets on their Peloton and they share their riding experience. Is this a useful device that I could get put on my hip? I'm not in the workforce. I'm not in the factory setting, but just for my own personal use, personal movement, and even compare myself to other people out there to see am I behaving better than they are? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. And I think you're hitting on two topics there. So one is, you know, this really is only measuring the distance between this device and another device like it. So really, it's only valuable if everyone around you is wearing it. So that lends itself well to like factory settings, but less well, obviously, to sort of being, you know, in your home or outside when you, when you go to the store or whatever. So that's why we typically haven't sold this on a, to, a, to a personal individual just because, you know, if no one else is wearing it, essentially it's useless. Right. Um, but you, you are hitting on something interesting. So for us, you know, any type of technology like this, for it to stay interesting and relevant over time, there has to be a, like, it has to almost be a game associated to it, right? And so, and so you know, um, on the device, there's a screen and there's a screen on purpose because that way we can show data to the workers. So we show them things like, how many steps have you taken today? How many close contacts have you had? How many high-risk postures have you done? And, and are you getting better? And uh, people engage with that. And then at the end, we rank. We rank you. We say, all right, you are in your facility of 100 people. You are the seventh, right, or number three. And I can tell you, when you see that you're number three, the next question you're going to ask is, who's number two and who's number one? Because I'm going I'm to go after them. So you start <laughs> to see this, like, really good, friendly competition, for the most part, that happens... Um, where people are sort of motivated to try and improve because they want to win because they want to see themselves make progress. Sure. And that, and that was really referring to your previous device when we had you on the show, if that has that personal use application, that could be kind of fun. Yeah, no, no, it's true. And, and in theory, like the, you, you could, there is a personal use to this. We have several employees who are uh, weightlifters <laughs> and they wear uh -huh. it to the gym because um, they just want to make sure they're using good posture as they lift. So uh, it definitely has a personal use. Smart. Smart, Lou. So, uh, Haytham, just change the sensor. <laughs> so that you can, anything that gets in your way that you come close to six feet, it vibrates. Yeah, so that, that's... A, that's um, it, you're right, though. Like, it would require a different sensor, but we, we definitely... Um, you know, thought through that because that way, if you get it close to anything, it will it will uh, it will vibrate. Yeah. You know, um, so so it definitely. I, I guess the you know the main thing, the biggest challenge with this is that when we uh, adapted it to the pandemic, we didn't want to change the hardware because then you've got to you've you've got to go through manufacturing again. It just, it just takes time, and we want it to be relevant very quickly. So we were lucky that the sensors we had here to measure distance were already in here. Um, and so we were able to just do a quick software update over the air remotely and uh, literally overnight um, our customers were then able to 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 use it in the, in the new function so um, I think the next step Lou is, is the zapping that's the 
<laughs> when someone gets too close there. <laughs> it's that. <laughs> That's generation two, you know. I'm going to play the naysayer here for a minute because there are those people out there. Uh, and people have been worried for decades now about the, um, the electronics of a cell phone being worn on your hip that may cause all kinds of stuff. Do you have that issue with this? Are you talking about like um, like illnesses or like the radiation from the? Yeah, um, yeah I mean, so so it's a good question. Like, there hasn't been much really proven that it does like that you can get cancer or that you can get certain diseases from from your phones. Um, and so this very much has the technology of a cell phone. It doesn't have GPS and it doesn't have a cellular antenna, but it does have Bluetooth and it does have Wi-Fi. So it has the basic technologies of a phone. So for the most part, because phones are generally considered safe, um, there's no reason to think that this wouldn't be. Well, I'm in for the first trial unit where if I'm going to bump into a wall, it's going to buzz. It's going to like... <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, it, it's funny. We have a, not, not us, but we have colleagues who, who have a similar device that does exactly that. And it's mostly to help the blind uh, navigate um, oh, because you sort of do get a sense of, and so the vibrations get stronger as you get closer to something and they get weaker as, they, as you get away. And it sort of helps you understand where you're going. So, so there, there's something to that, Luke. It's already <laughs> there. That's great. So, so, hey, they had a, go ahead. Haytham, where do you see your tech in a couple of years? What kind of things are you looking at? And I don't want you to give away any corporate secrets, but you know, you've got a really neat technology. It seems to me that uh, we, we could sit in a room and brainstorm a dozen applications. I'm sure you have. No, it's true. And, and there's, there's a, a ton of potential for this. So, so honestly, what, what's let me give you a little bit of context because it really, so, you know, before COVID, we, we'd sold a lot of this, of these wearables. And I would say that um, it was, you know, start, people were starting to he talk about it, hear about it, doing lots of trials. People were sort of dabbling their feet. With COVID, the number of these units, not only our units, but other people who do things similar has really exploded. So, you know, the question that we're asking ourselves as manufacturers of these units is like, all right, well, once COVID is over, like what additional value can we provide so that people keep wearing it, right? Because that's the that's the goal, I and mean, staying safe and and um, and that sort of thing. So so you're right. A lot of people, not just us, are sort of thinking about well, what is a long term um, value that we can provide with these devices so that it's relevant even when the pandemic's over. So things you know things that I can tell you, and I sort of the parallel I like to make is you know I have an Apple Watch, and I and I had the first one where all it did was measure steps. And now this thing measures biking and running and sleeping and all sorts of things. And so I almost think of this as in the same way. Right, right now, we measure high-risk motions. We measure proximity. We measure steps. But in the future, it could measure anything that could lead to injury. So think of things like slips and falls. Um, we have a lot of our customers doing uh, last-mile delivery. And many of the injuries that happen there is, you know, you're in a rush. You jump off your truck, you grab something, you go, you, get, you deliver to your client, you get back on. And that continuous sort of jumping creates, you know, impact on your knees, on your ankles. So we keep thinking, well, if we could measure how many times that happens, maybe we can help people reduce the number of times they do it. So 
I think that the long-term strategy is, can we detect risky motions and risky activities that ultimately lead to injuries and sort of um, flag those quickly so that people can, um, can try to change the way they move in time. Is there uh, any value, uh, let's say a company has 100 employees and uh, everybody who works in the shop uh, is wearing one of these, uh, is there any insurance reduction possibilities that because you are retraining your employees to make the right moves and don't do things that are going to hurt you, that insurance companies would see a value to this and cut your rates? That's a really good question, and I wish I wish you worked in insurance because <laughs> <laughs> you have a much much bigger vision there. So. So in theory, the answer is yes. And I think there's people, um, some insurance companies, probably the ones that are more uh, forward thinking, they're starting to do this. So they're starting to offer, you know, hey, we'll give you a 10% discount if you deploy these products um, or we'll subsidize part of these products. But honestly, it's been slower than I expected. Um, and just because I think, you know, insurance companies, they're making money, they're doing well, like they, they don't have a, a really strong incentive to do things like this. Um, and so we just haven't seen the type of, um, you know, big bets that insurance companies are making on technology like this yet. I think they're all doing little trials, testing. Um, and so I think what we'll see is in the next maybe three to five years, we'll start to see insurance companies maybe even offering this as part of a policy. Say, hey, look, here's the policy, but in order for you to get these prices, you need to have a device like this. Well, either that or knowing insurance companies, they're liable to say, well, let's raise the rate because there's there's raise and uh, all kinds of things that can hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, so yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping, honestly, because I think really, you know, we, we sell to large companies that essentially you know, can afford this, right? The real impact is when you can get to um, you know, small organizations and really have this deployed because it makes a difference. And so um, yeah, I think insurance is going to be a key role there because the only real way to reach like all those companies that are insured is, is through, through insurance. Like basically have, have something like this go through insurance. Is this item sold, rented, leased? Yeah, so it's actually leased. Uh, and, and the reason we do that is a couple of things. Is, is one is um, you're, you're essentially you pay for a working device. So if it breaks, we replace it. Um, when we update the software, like we did with COVID, um, we, you, you get the update automatically for free. So it's the lease sort of enables you to always have a working device and have the latest version of the software. So we lease it um, and, uh, and it's usually paid sort of on an annual basis. Very good. Very Guys, good. very cool stuff. Haytha, we're glad that you came back on the show. We love it when our guests return with their newest uh, information. You've got a device that's clearly helpful to the uh, warehousing industry and manufacturing and production, and we were glad to have you on the show. And thank you for coming back and kind of giving us a COVID update. <laughs> well, thank you both. Let's have a Let's have your URL and uh, email address. Absolutely. So if, uh, if you want to look up more about the company, it's uh, www.wearkinetics, so W-E-A-R-K-I-N-E-T-I-C.com. And my email address is Haytham, that's H-A-Y, 
T-H-A-M at wherekinetic.com. Great stuff. Again, Nathan, thanks for joining Lou and I on Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. You Take too. Care. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.